You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, welcome to Blogging Heads TV. This is Culturally Determined. I'm your host, R.A. Cohen-Wade. Um, my guest today, uh, once again, is Bill Black. Uh, Bill, thanks for coming back on. Could you uh, please introduce yourself? Yeah, Bill Black. I'm a historian, a teacher in Houston, Texas. I'm also an editor at Contingent Magazine, a nonprofit history magazine that publishes stories by historians of various flavors outside the tenure track uh, professoriate, I, I guess myself included. So, And I also am a freelance writer, and um, yeah, that's me, Bill. Uh, so thanks for coming back on, Bill. Um, and so we are taping this uh, late Friday evening, uh, January 8th, uh, 2021. And uh, I guess towards the end of one of the strangest, wildest, stupidest weeks in American political history, uh, you're the historian, so I'll let you decide whether that's accurate or not. Um, and I guess <laughs> I, I reached out to you earlier today to see if you want because I had some thoughts about uh, you know, the uh, riot, protest, interaction, insurrection coup that happened. And mm -hmm. uh, a couple hours after that, uh, Donald J. Trump, our president, was uh, permanently suspended or banned or whatever by Twitter. And that <laughs> yes. is playing out as we speak. Apparently, he's jumping from account to account, and those accounts are being banned like a whack-a-mole. Um, so, so things are in process, and who knows what the hell is happening. Articles of impeachment are being drawn up. Uh, but we will, we will uh, do as, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what, what we think is happening as of this moment. Okay. So, um, what are you, I mean, what were your initial reactions to the events that happened in our nation's capital on Wednesday? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was so absurd and bizarre that I, I, my reaction was not one that I think a lot of people had and understandably of like fear or, you know, anger or sadness i was just so mystified by it that i i it was it it was almost more not reveling but just sort of sitting in the absurdity of it and that was really my it, so I, it, you know almost a sort of emotionally stunted uh reaction um i i i teach at a high school in houston and so then then the because now what so that was what Wednesday so it was Thursday, you know yesterday I have a a, a government and economics class you know or a civics class whatever you want to call it, and so just the whole hour was dedicated toward to just talking about it and I was surprised I, I suppose or or even a bit proud of of how uh, emotional and, and passionate the students were about it and. People, I, you know, students who were even fairly uh, conservative, who were, you know, outraged by it, uh, you know, the sort of violation of the sanctity of the Senate chamber, which is an interesting way of thinking about it. Um, but so, yeah, just a lot of a lot of raw feelings from it. But I, I found, you know, yeah, it I, I it was hard for me to have any reaction to it or other than just sitting in the absurdity of it and wondering is in a week, is this going to feel like as big event as it does right now? 
and, and I, I'm already not sure because I felt that way. How many days ago was it? Four days ago that that the the tape was released in which Trump is talking to the Georgia's Secretary right. of State, uh, you know, telling him to find more votes. And I thought that was going to be what we were going to spend a week, you know, despairing over. <laughs> so it's hard to know, uh, you know, anyway. So, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the Trump era has been characterized by a crazy thing happening, everyone freaking out for 12 to 36 hours, and then another crazy thing happens, and you forget about the cra- previous crazy thing, and it's hard to decide whether you were, you should have, you overacted, or underacted, or what, to the previous crazy right. thing, because there's no time to reflect because something else crazy is happening. So, yeah, I mean, the Georgia thing seems like in the distant, the Georgia, you know, the call seems like in the distance past. I mean, when, you know, this is, so there, so people were talking about impeachment just based on that, and now this is an afterthought. Yeah, um, yeah it's interesting uh, thinking about the stu- the stu- your students reacting to it. It made me think of, I was in an AP government politics class um, in 2000 when the, you know, the contested election happened then, and I remember that we came in, oh no, it must have been a U.S. history class, because I was a senior, AP U.S. history, we all, you know, we all came in the next day and the, we had this great teacher who we all loved and we were all, all the students were ready to, you know, talk about the crazy shit that just happened uh, on the day after the election. And he was like, we're not talking about it. You know, we have to do whatever the assigned thing was. He's like, <laughs> we're not talking about it at all. Like, we have to do this. You know, you have the AP exam in five months. And um, yeah, so I, and this is, you know, the the the, the sort of combination of like the seriousness of this and the absurdity of it it is also reminiscent although this is like 10,000 times as absurd as at least that initial part was um in in the 2000 election um so let me think where i want to go with this i mean yeah are we gonna how are we gonna look at this in a couple weeks or in a couple years i mean i think there are iconic images from this that we're gonna remember certainly the guy um what it's uh was it prophet q or something shaman q the guy who's wearing the horns and the, you know, the yeah. animal skins and he's standing where like the, the president of the Senate was, would stand or whatever. Yeah. And in an empty chamber, I mean, this is iconic and it's going to be yeah like remembered forever. Um, and uh, as of, as of right now, f- five people uh, died at this event. Um, one was the woman who was shot by Planko's officer and uh, one was a, a cop. And three other people seem to have had heart attacks or something. There's this rumor that someone tased himself and died <laughs> that way. It certainly seems possible based on sort of the general ability of these people and what they were doing. Um, so, so, yeah, it's just very, very strange. It's very, very stupid. Um, it's surreal. And I'm in some way, I'm like, I have, a, I have a thousand thoughts, but I'm also totally at a loss. Um, so that's why I wanted to uh, talk about talk about it with someone on the show. Um, so... Okay, so one of the debates has been, you know, what what was this? Was this a riot, a protest, a coup, right. an insurrection? Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, because that has been a debate bubbling, at least in historian Twitter. Uh, honestly, it the antecedent to that debate is an, is a one that w- was starting to happen about a month or so ago over whether or not Trump is a fascist. Right. Um, whether calling him a fascist is, you know, 
uh, like there is a tradition of invoking the fear of fascism as a way of justifying the kind of vast national security state, um, whether it's Islamo Islamofascism, for instance. And I have never been someone who has it in me to get super invested in debates where where the the surface of the debate is oh is it x or is it y right. when really the debate is how should we define x right so uh, um if we want to actually debate what is a coup or what is insurrection that's one thing but instead you have someone with one definition someone with another and then they're just arguing over each other's heads yeah i mean i i think insurrection uh, an attempted insurrection is a good way to put it. I I do feel there is a little pedant in me that is like, mm, well, it's not really a coup because coup really you're thinking of the military getting involved, and this was more a mob that. Um, mob is a term that the newspapers settled on. Yeah, the next day, I think Trump incites mob was the New York Times headline, and the and the Washington Post had mob also. Um, Yes, it just, I mean, also this is in the, um, you know, shadow of the Black Lives Matter protests, you know, whatever you want to call yeah. those things also, and the, and the semantic baits about that, uh, you know, this this obviously was a different event, but it had some vague similarities, and there were debates about semantics back then also. And, I, and there's been the, the sort of discourse over... Um, whether the way that the mob was treated is, you know, evidence of white privilege, which I don't always think is the most useful framing. Yeah, I, I actually have some thoughts yeah. on that. So let's let's save that for a little bit. Um, okay. Okay. So you're yeah, you're thinking insurrection. I I so in the while it was happening, I actually tweeted uh, in a parody of Dave Wasserman. Is that guy that guy's name? Who is the um, he he, sort of like uh, as 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 results come in on election night, he says, "I've seen enough," you know, so and so. Right, right, right. So I, I said, "I've seen enough." It's a coup. Um, but I think I'm, I'm moving slightly back from that, um, and it's somewhere between coup and insurrection. Obviously, um, no one who was actually involved with the state, as far as we know, was actively involved. Uh, so that seems more like an uprising or an insurrection, um, and. Then there's, but of course, there's this question of how the hell did these people pull this off and what were the Capitol Police doing and is this incompetence or something more sinister? Yeah. And I guess hopefully we can find that out because it seems like it's just totally bizarre that these jokers managed to break in and, and cause all this havoc and, and five people are dead and and yeah. and so forth. Um, yes, yeah, so that I, I guess that's, so, thoughts sorry, on that. Well. You know, this question of how they were treated by the Capitol Police, I think that it's worth keeping in mind that unlike, say, the Black Lives Matter protesters, these folks often were armed. Um, and I, I I think that the, the Capitol Police were trying to deal with them in a way as to avoid people starting to shoot. Right. No, uh, it, it's interesting yeah. that as far as I know, the no processors shot at the cops or anyone else. Right. And it seems like, and so, I mean, as far as I can tell, very few people actually had firearms on them when they went into the Capitol. Some people, I mean, they smashed the windows with like 
metal poles and stuff, and there were people who had like axes and knives, and and of course these the the cosplay people who have the full like tactical gear on. Um, yeah. But there wasn't the only shot seems to have been the Plankos officer shooting the woman who was coming through the broken window. So so there's that. So it wasn't like an armed uprising, and it wasn't. And and so I mean maybe the you know you could have imagined the uh, police like firing in the air or something, trying to disperse people, and maybe who knows what the reaction to that would have been. But that that didn't happen. Um, but certainly they were outmanned, um, and yeah. there were surging people like coming in, and, and I guess they the people on the ground decided, kind of like it'll be better for everyone if we let them through instead of trying to repulse them outside. Um, so, so that's, that's crazy that that, that happened, but yeah, they didn't shoot their way in. Um, and, but, and there's also this bizarre, um, you know, this is a ragtag bunch who pulled right. this off and you had the people in the tactical gear and you had photos of, um, men who had zip, uh, zip ties as though they were ready to, um, kidnap or, kidnap or detain, people yeah. uh, who knows uh, presumably members of congress and seemed like you know sort of either they were paramilitary types or they were pretending to be and then you had like grandmothers and very confused looking people actually i want to this I'm, I'm pulling a um <laughs> this is a pulling a bob right here where i have something loaded up on my phone that i want to play because I, th- I think this is okay. this is going to be in a like um you know the dbq you know, document-based question on the AP exam 20 years from now. Did you <laughs> right. see Elizabeth from Knoxville? Did you see this clip? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. And um, so I'm going to, hopefully this will come through. I'm going to, I think you need to see it also. So I'm going to hold, hold it up to the camera. Our podcast listeners will not be able to see it, but if they Google or whatever, Elizabeth from Knoxville, they'll probably see it. And so let's, hopefully this, this works. Let me, let me turn the volume up as much as I can. Okay. Okay, um, so this is a very, seems like a very normal person, kind of, a very, like, average person. Yeah. It's obviously, like, a woman who's, you know, about 25 or 30 years old. Um, a very confused person, someone who was doing something that she maybe didn't really think about and then was shocked to, to that she was injured. Um, you know, what can you say about this woman? She she was somehow misled monstrously by things she read online, presumably. Yeah, but, and like, I, how, I, how did I really this woman, think... who is probably just has some average job and is an average person, come to be storming the Capitol and think that she was taking part in a revolution and that it would all go fine? Like, she is shocked that she got mixed. Yeah, well, what do, what do it's you really like, remarkable. It's like the the dog catching the car, right? What does the dog actually do once it does catch the car? Yeah. Um, and actually, I have. I think. I mean, sorry. Go ahead. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll follow up in a minute. Okay. I, I I was gonna say. I mean, it does seem like at least those who were the most radicalized, because I don't know that. I mean, I don't. I think it's pretty obvious there wasn't a centralized plan, as in what we're going to do once we enter the Capitol building. I don't think that that existed. Right. Obviously, I mean, it was organized as far as Trump called for a rally, and they all showed up. And at a certain point, it's like if you are 
claiming that the election is being stolen and that that's actually happening, if that were the, truly happening, then the logical next step would perhaps be to try and you know, uh, take matters into your own hands and make sure that democracy actually pulls through. So it's, it's sort of no one had to say storm the Capitol, but the stakes were made high enough to where it kind of became the logical next step if you were adhering to that. And I really think a lot of the, the most rabid people are, are fully locked into the, the QAnon stuff where yeah. they, they not only think that, you know, democracy is, is at stake, they, they think that bringing down the kind of sinister human trafficking cabal, um, you know, I, I think that they literally think that there are children who will be freed from their sex dungeons yeah. uh, if they go in and, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think because at least like the woman who um, ended up being shot, fairly shot by police, her Twitter feed is all the QAnon where we go one, we go all. Yeah. You know. So that, that yeah. So stuff. that's a strange postmodern conspiracy theory that is totally detached from reality. Um, and so yeah, I mean, so I, I'll just read two two tweets um, that were <laughs> I, I found appropriate. Um, one is from uh, Kept Simple, uh, with this guy named Mark, and he says, sort of stunning that even in the midst of a job-killing pandemic, a widespread public debate about stimulus funding, the riders didn't have a single material demand. Uh, so this woman seemed to think that once they breached the Capitol, if breached, broached, breached, um, once they entered the Capitol, uh, something would happen that would be good, unclear what, but certainly nothing bad would happen. Um, and just like being there, I don't know, it's almost like waiting for the Hale Bop comet to come down and like rescue hmm. us. And then um, uh, a, a uh, someone whose handle is uh, H-E-A-B-E-R-A-L-D uh, tweeted, I can't stop thinking about how funny it is to storm the Capitol building just to walk around it and sit, and sit in various chairs. Um, <laughs> yeah, so mostly when these guys... So, yeah, this is a ragtag bunch, as I said, a Motley crew. And so some of them were these tactical people who had, like, a plan, and some of them were just, like, kind of tourists, and they're just, like, looking at things. And some of them were like, let's grab some stuff. And some of them were like let's sit in Nancy Pelosi's chair and take a photo. There were like dozens or hundreds of live streamers. Um, there was uh, baked Alaska, this alt-right sort of personality who I thought had faded away. Uh, he was there live streaming. Nick Fuentes, another alt-right personality was there. Uh, so there, it was sort of a social media postmodern event where people, what do they want? They wanted selfies. Um, they, you know, I'm sure like they could have looted, uh, you know, they could, they could have smashed the thing to the ground and stolen all the paintings and the, you know, the declaration of independence, wherever the hell they keep that. But they were taking selfies. It was like this sort yeah. of like we're just, like this is just a fun time. So it was a mix of like uh, people who were totally like living in a, an alternate reality. I've, the term I've seen, I don't know who coined it, is um, dream politique instead of like real politique. Dream mm. politique is like nothing matters. Like reality is is malleable, and something like great things are on the horizon. Just this total crazy nonsense that is has become part of the stew of, of American life under Trump, uh, but then also mixed with, you know, people who seem to have some sort of plot that they they, they thought they were going to be able to to pull off with the zip ties and and so forth, or and the and also the people who seem seriously mentally ill, like uh, Mister Q Shaman or whatever, who is like summoning the spirits of something or other, uh, in his in his cloak. And I mean, I also wanted to bring up this all the um. 
like I've been, one of my, the themes I've been talking about under Trump is how American life has become cosplay and mm-hmm. um, you know, people dressing up and sort of enacting various roles um, either as, you know, they are like the blue eyes matter supporter or something. And so they're basically an honorary police officer and um, you know, they're going to like bring justice to the streets or something, or they are like some sort of, yeah, just like playing out a morality drama in their own lives and dressing up as something. And so hundreds of people were just, were wearing wacky costumes. And like what, like that, what were they thinking? What, what these people who are like, you know, we're, we're, we're wearing a wacky hat and we're busting into the Capitol. It's, I just don't understand it. It is. It's a, it's very much a postmodern po- politics of symbols, um, not of legislation. And so uh, the point would be to have images, right? Like, well, you've got, you've gone in, you have occupied these places that are symbolically meaningful. You've had the pictures taken. That's all you really need to do. Once you've done that, once you've had the pictures taken, time to head out, right? Because if if the politics is solely of, you know, these sort of memes and symbols, which is in many ways Trump's politics, um, then yeah, then oh, what are you going to do? Like go steal documents from a senator? I just don't think that's something they're interested in. Um, I mean, they could have, you know, stolen, I don't know, hard drives or... Like, it seemed like a little of that happened, but... Stolen, but mostly, yeah. Mostly was, not. I mean, there were... So some of the people were posing for photos with the Capitol Hill police officers, and um, yeah, so it was kind of a happening in like the 60 cents. It was it was like a pseudo-event um, in the... Whoever, Daniel Borstein or whatever sociologist from 50 years ago coined that term. Um, where it's like something, you know, something is happening here, but really nothing is actually happening. Um, it was a quasi-insurrection coup, um, like a, you know, it, it, incitement to riot. Um, I hope and pray, uh, well, I don't really pray, but I hope that hundreds of people get arrested and prosecuted for this absurdity. And I hope that a lot of people resign who fucked up so much that let these jokers come in here. I don't know. It's so... It's so, just so strange and stupid. And so it, it's really, it really is like an appropriate, you know, denouement to, the yeah. end of, to like the Trump years, which have been like just really, really strange and really, really stupid. And yeah, just nonsense, like from beginning to end and, and getting, you know, uh, Matt Christman said on Inauguration Day, this is the stupidest day in American history and every subsequent day that will be true. And, <laughs> yeah, and like, it kind of is true. Like it's just gotten stupider and stupider. And worse and worse, and you know, I don't know. I, I I hope for the return to normalcy that I've been saying Biden will bring us. But but who, like, who knows? What are these? Are these people going to return to their lives? Is Elizabeth from Knoxville going to go back to being like an accountant at you know some small firm in Knoxville, or is she going to? I have no idea. Well, it's hard to know what happens once Trump is no longer there. If indeed that's not. Even if indeed that's going to be the case, I mean, does Trump just go right to running for 2024 and kind of, you know, having some deal with OAN or whatever? And so they they can have this sort of shadow government to be loyal to, support primary challenges in 2022. I don't know. I. I, I, think I think he kind of wanted that, and, have, and yeah. he, he fucked himself with the events of the past 
three days. Um, uh, like, I mean, I think that that was the glide, the glide path was him starting or taking over a TV network and having his own TV show and being returning to being like sort of a media personality and yet yeah, endorsing people and being kind of a kingmaker, even, even though it was unclear how much power he actually had <clears throat> in his dotage and, and, and yeah, the, and, and, the, and his supporters, his craziest, you know, most eluded supporters, uh, uh fuck that, I think. And so, it, um, yeah, it does seem like he will, I, I think he probably will be impeached, um, a second time, which is funny and appropriate. Um, and, and, and there's probably, I, I, I didn't even realize you can, you can do a Senate impeachment trial after someone has left office. Apparently there's a historical precedent for that. And that would like deny him his pension and other such, <laughs> you know, uh, benefits and, and stuff like that and ensure that he couldn't run again yeah. for public office. Yeah, that's what, yeah, the Senate can bar him from running for federal office. Yeah. So I wonder, I mean, you would think cynically from a Republican senator's point of view, it'd be in your interest to bar him from running again. Yeah. So, um, if anything, if you yourself, I mean, because let's face it, if Trump runs again, surely he's the front runner. I mean, surely no one... I, who could beat him in the well, Republican primary? Yeah, I, 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 I think I would have said that a week ago, honestly. But the okay. the double losses in Georgia, suddenly a blue state, and um, the uh, and the events of the past seventy two hours, I think have really lowered uh, Trump's stock. And there were probably, I feel like there's a solid ten percent of the American voting public who are regretting their uh, votes for Donald J. Trump <laughs> um, in November and are, are sick of his bullshit. And he's not going to get any better. Four years from now, he's going to be older and more deranged, and uh, and we're not going to remember the past four years fondly. Uh, you know, uh, it, uh, insurrection, economic collapse, mass plague, death, and yeah, constant I mean, craziness. I I hear you, but still, I you know the the party opposed his his candidacy in 2016, but it didn't matter because the voters in the primary supported him. And I think now the the party establishment really, really dislikes him. But I don't know that he has lost a plurality of the voters, at least enough to, to get him. But, you know, um, that's to say if he does indeed run. I don't know that. Yeah, there were will, so many. But... I mean, his obviously he won pretty handily in the primary in 2016. But there were numerous chances where if people had been know what was coming, taken him seriously as an electoral threat and united i mean he it was a divided field everyone thought they could t get advantage by kissing up to him all the other candidates i mean kissing up to him because of course he would implode eventually or he would just drop out because this is all a joke and so like now we know like you know knowing is half the battle and uh you know now we know who he really is and the threat that he represents i don't think he actually this is my own thing i don't think he really ever wanted to be president he ran for president because he was bored and he wanted attention and he wanted to sell yeah. hats. He wanted a fluke. He was not happy to actually win. Uh, and um, I don't think he would actually, absent, you know, if absent the uh, crazy events of the past week, I don't think he would have run again. He would have teased it. He wants to be on TV. He wants to play golf. He wants people to flatter mm -hmm. him. Um, that's about it. He, he's an old man. Um, he doesn't actually care about politics or policy. He likes power, of course. Yeah, I mean, I could see him thinking like, well, no, I'm not going to try to run again because I really should be the president. And that would be like, well, I guess he did concede, supposedly. Yeah, he pre he, he went about 95% of the way there to saying, like, 
this is over. And it's not, I mean, he's not going to, no one wants to like help him rehabilitate his image. You know, there's not gonna be like an Oprah interview where he talks about like yeah, no, secret alcoholism or something. And he's, he's better now. Um, the, you know, <laughs> the, the mainstream powers are totally against him now. And I think probably the GOP would be happy if he dropped dead tomorrow and uh, the GOP meaning like the GOP establishment. Um, and they didn't have to deal with him anymore. And yeah, I think he goes to Mar-a-Lago and uh, fights extradition. I've been joking about this, but fights extradition to New York State, where he will be indicted by uh, the Attorney General there for various uh, pre-2015 um, offenses involving insurance fraud, tax fraud, etc. Um, let's uh, let's return to the white supremacy thing. Um, so one of the... <clears throat> uh, you know, an early an early thing you saw people saying about this, like on Twitter and elsewhere, was, you know, this was a white supremacist rally essentially, and there were people, you know, there 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 were people with Confederate flags. Someone with a Confederate flag was walking through the halls of Congress, something that didn't happen during the Civil War, of course. Um, there were people wearing, uh, you know, uh, Holocaust denial or Holocaust celebration shirts, um, and someone posted this funny joke that's like, you know, the, the neo Nazis want to deny the Holocaust happened or say like it didn't go far enough. Like they're, they sort of bounce back and forth. So, okay. So there are some very bad people, um, here, uh, nasty types. And, um, but it was, but was it actually, and so the, the, the early, you know, characterization was like, like the cops let them in because they're white. They got away with this because they're white. If they were black, they never, they would have been shot, you know, shot down. Uh, and, uh, you know, they would have been spraying bullets into the crowd. And, I think there's some amount of truth to that, but I think this was more about the crazy unreality of the Trump era and in what these people, there were, I'm sure there were like clan sympathizers in the crowd and neo-Nazis and so forth. But I think there were probably more people like Elizabeth from Knoxville who thought something great was going to happen. And, and just trying to view this as like a, you know, Charlottesville, 2.0, I think, doesn't make as much sense because Charlottesville, they had like 300, you know, young men causing mm. mayhem and marching with torches. This was, you know, there were grandmas here. Uh, it, it, you know, the, the people who were rushing in and, ca and causing mayhem were mostly bearded men in their 20s and 30s, but it ran the gamut. Um, and Elizabeth from Knoxville was there and hundreds more like her, thousands more, who were just swept up in this total delusion that something great was going to happen when they did this. And I think viewing this through the racial lens is a mistake because it polarizes people when we should be saying these crazy Trump supporters invaded the Capitol and tried to overturn democracy. That is, that's the message that unites 90% yeah. of the country against them. When you get into, and Kamala Harris was saying this, when you get into saying like, this is, we need to think about, you know, white supremacy and, 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 and all that, all that jazz, uh, no pun intended, from that people were talking about uh, this summer, I think that is a bad way to frame it. So, so I've talked for a lot, so what do you think yeah, of I mean, this? I agree that it's not the most useful way to frame it. I do think there's truth to the... The thing is, you wouldn't... Okay, there's the counterfactual question of if you had several hundred uh, black people or majority black mob, uh, many of them armed, how, how would they have been treated? The thing is, is that wouldn't happen. Um, you w they would not arm themselves in that way, but they wouldn't because 
they would know that, uh, uh, you know, how um, dangerous the image of a, of an armed black person uh, uh, storming the Capitol would be. And also civil rights protesters just have more experience protesting. I think that's something that hasn't been talked about enough is that these people are not experienced protesters, right? Right. And so that's, they probably went to Trump know, rallies yeah. before. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just They've have been a carnival at- atmosphere. Yeah, and so th- they didn't know how to behave themselves or how to interact with the cops or anything like that. Um, I do think that many of them felt emboldened to be able to storm the Capitol with impunity, in part because of this sort of assumption of, well, you know, uh, they don't need to worry about being punished or about the, the cops shooting them. And I think part of that comes from white privilege. I mean, or, you know, the, the, so I do think that is there, but I, you know, I don't know that that's the first thing that we should talk about necessarily. Um, and certainly not the last thing we should talk about. Yeah, I think we, we and, should say not these were white supremacists and this proves, you know, that the system is inherently racist. True right. or not, I don't think that's what we should be saying. We're saying these are Trump's hardcore supporters. These yeah. are people, Trump spoke to them and whether he literally incited them or not, they believed they were fulfilling his wishes to go and storm the Capitol. And yeah. this is bad. And American society needs to reject this or we're going down an even darker path. So I think that's sort of I mean, honestly, that's what's true and a, and a winning message. I mean, I, I, I honestly think anti-Semitism has more to do with the worldview than white supremacy. I mean, this, this QAnon stuff really is drawing heavily from, you know, the blood libel. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, when, when, you, when you're talking about conspiracy theories about a co- mysterious cabal that is yeah. en- enslaving children, you know, and, and feast- usually— and feasting on the blood— Feasting yeah. on their blood, right? The adrenochrome, right? I mean, this is just... So just for people who, who aren't yeah. paying attention to this, there's this... The theory essentially is that there's a secretive, pedophilic, cannibalistic cabal that has been, you know, running the government for years involved, that Hillary Clinton and John Podesta are involved with, and they harvest a, uh, you know, pheromone or chemical from children uh, and that they ingest to give them some sort of special powers, and, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's where the killing and the cannibalism... And the pedoph- pedophilia comes in, so this is totally removed from reality and insanity. But pe- but but this is kind of the core uh, QAnon belief. And yeah, so may- so that's when we're saying that the, like the, the children would be freed or something if the children were being held in the sub basement of the Capitol. Maybe that's what they thought, or who knows what, or under the New York subway or something like that. Isn't that part of? I, yeah, there's all these things where they think children are being held underground, um, yeah. and uh, and the mole children was what they were being called at one point by at least some people. And it's just, yeah, this is what it's just this, you know, it's not even it's, it's untethered, untethered from any aspect of reality, let alone politics. Yeah, it's non falsifiable. Um, any evidence uh, uh, to the contrary is actually evidence for the conspiracy because it's been planted by the conspiracy. Kind of like the Christian fundamentalist thing of, uh, you know, some fossil it's more than 6000 years old well that's proof because that's uh uh you know something that has been planted by the devil to to trick us and why would he go through that trouble unless it were true right so it's 
you know it's yeah, i think it's, i said this on the show before but religious almost yeah yeah there's one of the very early things was whoever was posting as q said on this date hillary clinton will be arrested and brought to guantanamo and tried and then of course they didn't happen and people were like well what's like she's still walking around i thought you said she was arrested and they said, oh, that's the clone. The clone is walking around. The real Hillary yeah. was taken to Gitmo, and this is the clone. So that, so very early on, it just escaped from anything related to reality, and it's like gone even crazier from there. And I think, you know, storming the Capitol on the day of the elect- electoral college's votes being certified by the Senate is a way of trying to deal with that uh, uh, cognitive dis- dissonance of really believing in this prophecy that then doesn't come true i mean it's kind of like you know the millerites in the 1840s who are told oh on this day in march 1844 jesus is going to come back and they're sitting on top of the hill and jesus doesn't come back and then william miller goes back to his bible and says, oh i miscalculated it's going to be october 1844 and then that day goes and and passes by and he's like oh well on that day, that's when jesus started reading the names from the book of life and once that's done <laughs> You know, but there's a lot of names in the book of life. So, you know, uh, and and that movement has morphed into Seventh-day Adventism and Jehovah's Witnesses. So that failed prophecy certainly didn't prevent people from. So it just morphs. So the QAnon stuff is going to morph into other stuff, just like it morphed from, you know, uh, the satanic panic of the 18 of the 18, the 1980s and and even the kind of, you know, Pizzagate stuff. And oh, yeah. Pizzagate is, is the direct you know, predecessor to, yeah. to QAnon. So I don't know what it's going to morph into next. Cause that's almost, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, someone pointed, there's a really good, uh, YouTube, um, there's a, his, his channel is called folding ideas, but he has this kind of hour long video on YouTube about flat earthism and points out that flat eartherism has really seen a decrease in public interest and traffic and and these, you know, like there's a rash of stories like two years ago about how big flat earth stuff was and people were falling down YouTube rabbit holes to believing about the flat earth stuff. And really in about two or three years, that's kind of sapped away and YouTube sort of tinkered its algorithms. And if you look up flat earth stuff, you're you're way likelier to find videos debunking flat earth stuff. Mm-hmm. And but uh, there's this, uh, as he talked about in the video, all those flat Earth people just ended up going over to QAnon. Um, yeah, and, and it's, all, um, it, it's not like it went away; it's just it morphed into this. And so, who knows what? Yeah, the and I think next. you know there there was a really good article in the New Yorker about two years ago about the flat Earth stuff, uh, which we'll find the link and include it below. And I, and I think it one of the points it made was that you know. Um, the the flat earth does connect to like anti-semitism because you think like well who is who benefits from the flat earth and then the answer mm-hmm. is oh it's the jewish cabal that controls the banks and the media um you know they're the ones who want to keep us ignorant of the truth about the flat earth um yeah. so yes that you know the 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 the, the uh, protocols of the elders of zion like is sort of the uh the base text for uh a lot of this a lot of this craziness <clears throat> um Let's see. Uh, do you have any predictions about what, I mean, maybe we'll be made fools of because this is not going to post for at least 24 hours and <laughs> you know, something insane will happen tomorrow. I'm sure of it. Uh, like yeah. you can't have a normal day as long as Donald Trump is president. Do you have any predictions about what's going to happen over the next two weeks? 
two weeks. Oh man, I don't know. I mean, as far as will Trump, I agree Trump will be impeached. I don't know if he's going to be actually convicted. Obviously, I don't know, but I, I, I'm not even going to predict. I, I will make a general 2021 prediction, which is that I think the year will be disappointingly for some better than the last. I think, you know, because the jokes are already out there, but like, oh, 2021 is just going to be more like 2020. And I, my, my prediction is that when, when Biden gets in, that he will quickly ramp up and sort of reorganize the vaccine rollout. And, you know, by fall 2021, children won't be wearing masks to schools and people will be going to see Dune in theaters, even though it's streaming on HBO Max. And I mean, um, you got to see that on the big screen. If you, I mean, you're yeah, yourself exactly. if you're just so, seeing that at home. You know, I'm not saying it's going to, you know, everything's going to be rosy, but yeah, okay, so I don't see, know. You see a, a return to normalcy as much as we can from the craziness yeah, I, of the I mean, a shitty normal, but normal. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote, I wrote a thing in, in the week, uh, along these lines. And I point out, you know, in the American civil war, about one out of 10 young men in America died. And then within a generation, the United States was the world's largest economy and had colonies in the Caribbean and the Pacific world war two, 400,000 Americans died, which is probably what the COVID death count is going to end up being. And within a decade, we had TV dinners and two, two uh, car garages. Um, I think America can absorb the Trump presidency and the, and the, the pandemic. I, I don't know that that, I don't know that's necessarily a good thing that we, that we can absorb that and just sort of carry on muddle through. But I do think, that that will happen. But yeah, as far as what the next chapter of the Trump uh, farce will be, I'm, I, I'm, you know, it won't be on Twitter apparently. <laughs> okay. It's... Perfect segue. Well, let me just give my, um, my prediction. You're, you're a historian, so you have some responsibility, whereas I'm just a crazy yeah. podcasting person. Sure. And so I can, you know, shoot off in any direction and there'll never be any consequences for me. Um, and so I've been saying, you know, for a long time that I thought it was likely that Trump would resign and have Pence pardon him. Um, and I would have said that, you know, a week ago that that would be uh, an end game that made sense uh, because the self pardon uh, is too risky. And so that, um, that made sense to me. And it, obviously it hasn't happened yet. Um, Trump, Trump screwed over Mike Pence, uh, the most loyal yeah. you know, person, it, it, like who has been more loyal to maybe Don Jr. has been more loyal to, uh, to Trump. Um, but you know, Pence like kicked his ass, uh, kissed his ass and never said anything bad about him, no matter what. And, um, Trump like endangered his life, you know, like those, those people wanted to like assault Mike Pence and force him to do something uh, that he didn't want to do. And so, so Mike Pence is now um, maybe less likely to want to give Trump a full and unconditional pardon for any crimes he's ever committed. Um, and so, but, but thinking about it now that impeachment seems to be likely um, impeachment and conviction would mean he can't run again. You know, 
he uh, loses whatever immunities or whatever he can't have, you know, a pension from the government, etc. Um, and so that that would be bad for Trump. And if Trump just resigns in exchange for a Pence pardon, then Pence gets back in the good graces of the Trumpist part of the GOP. He gets to be president for a couple days. That's he's in the history books. As someone I saw a really good tweet saying, you know, if Trump resigns and Pence is president, uh, he gets to be on the novelty uh, rulers. You know, his face is on the novelty rulers. He will be the 46th president for some length of time. And so he's in the history books forever. That's great for him. And yeah, and then he'll, you know, he would be the front runner in 2024. Uh, and we'll, that's a way to get, get Trump out of here. So I think that could, I think that could happen. Um, you know, maybe the impeachment will happen quicker. You know, Trump lives in a world of delusion and unreality also, but he does have like, you know, very good survival instincts and he's made it this far unindicted and without ever being punched in the face by anyone or whatever. And, you know, he, he manages to slip slide out of a lot of shit. So I, him, him resigning in exchange for a total pardon from Pence still, still does make sense to me right now, but it's crazy, but crazy, crazier things have happened in the past week in American politics. I think, Hmm. I'll say if I could imagine a two thirds majority in the Senate to convict him, if that, and that if that happened, it would be be because Republican senators were personally outraged by the physical threat posed to them in the Capitol, right? Yeah, I mean, just look uh, look at the revulsion. And also, I really think that the, the 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 loss in Georgia, the two Senate races, that they should have won. You know, I think that's also really sad. Yeah, they, that- they, they well, I mean, it goes both ways because it's like they both, you know, the GOP both needs the Trump hardcore believers and the Trump mm-hmm. hardcore believers repel the great American middle. So it's it, it's yeah. hard to know which way it really goes. So Trump wasn't on the ballot, you know, on Tuesday, and yeah. the GOP lost both races. Maybe if Trump had been on the ballot in some way, they would have yeah. done a little bit better. Who knows? Um, but yeah, they, their physical safety, uh, they all went through some sort of traumatic event on Tuesday, possibly thinking they were about to be murdered. Um, yeah. That shakes the conscience. And look at how they're all, how basically everyone is like turning on uh, poor little Josh Hawley um, right now. And he lost his book contract. That's very sad. And his uh, political mentor, um, Dan, uh, Danforth out of Missouri, uh, said it was the worst mistake of his life that he supported his ascent. And there's this photo of him uh, raising a fist uh, yeah. and looking like quite a fool with his hair up and his slim cut suit. So this guy's career is over, I hope. Um, and, you know, he was one of the, he led this charge and maybe he'll even get ex- expelled. I mean, if they could get, if the, if the Senate could get rid of Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley and have them be replaced by rep- replacement level GOP, you know, nobodies who would just vote the party line, I'm sh- I think they would take that chance. Because yeah. they, they hate those, they, you know, themselves hate right. those people. So that that would get rid of some of the craziness and they're off in the wilderness and whatever. Um, so, yeah, there's obviously there's tons of unpredictability. Trump does not always act rationally. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen, but... I guess, does this mean Trump isn't going to be able to publish, get a memoir published? I didn't think about that. Well... Like, what publisher is going to, you know... Well, didn't he already get a book deal? I'm trying to remember now. He does not have a book deal currently. I'm sure of it. It would have... Um, 
I mean, you know, I think he'd rather do a TV show. Um, yeah. But I mean, the book a book would make him so much money. I mean, he needs to get money somehow, right? One would think. I mean, it, it, it seems like he already started this pack or, or super pack or something where money was flowing to him from the MAGA faithful, and it wasn't. It was unclear what he was doing with it, and the money could be, you know, used for like office space or maintaining mm-hmm. the grounds. And what if Mar-a-Lago is a place where he both lives and works? Right. Et cetera, et cetera. So the scam can continue through fleecing all the Elizabeths from Knoxville who are like one level craziness below, below who just want to send money to, you know, um, our dear former president who was so poorly treated. Um, you know, they treat me very unfairly. I've been joking for a while that that would, that's Trump's epitaph and I'll be on his gravestone. <laughs> um, because yeah. that, that is his core. That's, that's like the core. He, he, I was, they treat me very unfairly. And, you know, True in some respects, uh, uh, but but did Twitter treat him very unfairly, uh, or did t- Twitter, <laughs> you know, treat him like an angry toddler and that they were trying to pacify and for many years? Okay, so so Donald J. Trump, our president, has been banned from Twitter and he's trying to jump to like the at POTUS at White House and other such accounts, and those are being banned. Uh, Team Trump. Team Trump, as we speak. So this is funny, and a lot of other MAGA types are going down. They took down Ben Garrison. Um, who is a strange, who's like the most popular MAGA cartoonist uh, yeah. in the land and does these strange uh, drawings that mm-hmm. are captivating and hard Incredibly to decipher. Boring. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of, uh, I mean, this is, you know, this is like the the night of the long knives in MAGA world uh, on Twitter. So what is, what is, what do you think about all this nonsense? It's, uh, I mean, first, I'm, I'm definitely not because one of these people who's like, oh, Oh, but what does this mean for, you know, I I, I don't care for the slippery slope stuff. I Me guess is what I'm saying. And I, do, know, the, I like, do not oh. think cancel culture has reared its ugly head once again. This is, Trump is a sui generis figure. And, yes. you know, this is different. Yeah, if you don't want to get permanently banned by Twitter, then don't try to incite an insurrection in the in our nation's Capitol building. Like, you know, yeah. I, if you're not doing that, I think you're going to be fine. Um, don't post like crazy anti-Semitic memes. I guess it's something else that might get you per perma banned. Um, um, yeah, no, I mean, Twitter's a, pr- a private company. I, I have the kind of boring take on that. They can do what they want. I mean, I, as a historian, I had the, I had the thought of like, oh, what happens to all the tweets? Uh, I know there are kind of various places. I, I sure, but I mean. Does that website is like TrumpTweets.com? Is that website still going to exist in fifty years? I mean, right. someone should take all these things out and put them, you know, in bound volumes in the rare books archive. Yes. I mean, digital <clears throat> archiving is such a crazy. I know, I know, this may not be what you're most interested in, but no, it's like, uh, yeah, digital archiving. That's it, it, like you, if you look at if you read if you like look at an academic article or a book written in like 2005. Like half the URLs in the footnotes are dead now. Right. You know, um, I've even thought of, about like Netflix. How like is Netflix going to exist in a hundred years? And if not, all the movies and TV shows they put out—they're they're not on DVDs. It's just on Netflix. Anyway, so uh, so I had the thought of what happens to all the tweets. Are future historians going to have to try to? I tweeted this. Are they going to have to like parse, infer what tweet? 
what Trump tweeted from what like Rob Reiner tweeted or what like I don't know when the this is the Crass Pla- and this Steen, is the, the Plato's or, Cave allegory right. cave version of right. Trump historiography and, and it because it reminds me of how we don't have like most of the writings from the ancient Gnostics but we have sometimes they were quoted by Orthodox. Christian theologians, you know, were arguing against them, and so we're able to get fragments of Valentinus from, you know, Arrhenius or Clement of Alexandria. So that's this is my imagination of someone piecing together what Trump said. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so people, so historians a thousand years now will be like, you know, this this figure of Trump. He was very interested in Graydon Carter. We don't know who Graydon Carter was, <laughs> and we don't know. Right. We know he had bad food restaurants. And we right. knew that he had a big right. problem, and that problem was that his VF Oscar party is no longer hot. Um, so I'm quoting my favorite of the Trump tweets. So one of the interesting things about Trump is he never deleted his old embarrassing tweets. And people would continue to retweet the stuff, where he, the ones where he's talking about, um, you know, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart. If, what is that her name, Kristen Stewart? And, yeah. and about how he uh, hates Diet Coke, and he, but he'll keep on drinking that garbage. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, like all this classic crazy shit he did before he entered politics, like it just it just stayed on there. Now it's it's all vanished, but there's still the screenshots and, um, yeah. and it's archived in, you know, in various places. So hopefully I think that, that will continue to exist. I mean, was anyone archiving, um, uh, you know, Tim Trump, was anyone archiving, um, Ben Garrison and these other, these other strange figures? Probably pro- that was, that's less likely. So, 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 so who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting for all those tweets to be gone in that that really was his main way of communicating. You know, it would be like FDR's like radio, like, you know, uh, um, the fireside chats, oh, fireside chats, like just, you know, being yeah, gone. Sure. Now, yeah, granted, you know, they're ho- ho- hopefully they will. I say hopefully, you know, archived in some way. But it does seem honestly, it does seem like harder to imagine him mounting another presidential campaign or really trying to maintain some sort of public presence or, or kind of have a, his own kind of para presidency without Twitter, without, and without and Facebook. And he's been, he's been, Facebook and Instagram indefinitely suspended him also. And um, yeah, so, so that, that's a good point that that really hurts his prospects of, of keeping his, his hand in the game over the next four years. I, I didn't think he wanted to run again anyway, but it, it does make it somewhat harder. And I mean, I, I had a joke like, uh, if only there were some way for the president to release short statements to the press. Um, you yeah. know, like, like oh, all, yeah. all this happened before Twitter existed in some way, and it's just like, yeah. it's, it's like Trump made Twitter an important thing in yeah. a way it wasn't before. It was mostly like bullshit and, and jokiness um, before Trump, you know, showed his power. And like, he, he, it's not like he. You know, Trump was not like, um, you know, the the guy who runs the Stakeums account or something like, you, you know, he wasn't like a person being in memes. Uh, he just mm-hmm. like the he would say strange things and then the media would amplify it. So he it was it was his way. But he can you know, if he wants to set up a blog using Squarespace or something, he can do that. And if the media finds that what he says is noteworthy, like they can report it. And yeah, yeah so basically Donald Trump. Start a blog. Maybe Substack isn't going to take it at this point. Um, although, if Glenn Greenwald, uh, influential Substacker um, and civil libertarian, um, maybe he'll make the case internally that Trump should get a Substack. And you know, I would say he would charge more than five dollars a month because he's a former president. And so I would say 
15 or 20 oh, yeah. a month and that's probably a way he could yeah subst- that's the answer i think yeah um yeah now i'm just trying to think of the uh a, a trump post-presidency like you know how there'll always be there'll be the photograph of all the former presidents together in the Oval Office. You know, whenever there's a new president, like you know, Trump's not going to do any of that stuff, right? right. He's not he's, he's not going to go to Jimmy Carter's funeral, right? Uh, he's not going to like. He didn't go to George H. W. Bush's funeral, and he was in office with that. No, no, he's not going to do the sweet thing of like, oh, these two presidents were different parties, but now they're friends, and they like laugh at each other's goofy socks, and you know, they like do some, you know, minute promo thing for some, you know, f- promoting vaccination or some yeah, other some universally foundation. lauded worthy cause, the March of Dimes. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to do any of that. So. Yeah, the, the the Trump post presidency will be he, he will be breaking precedent yet again. Yeah, I yeah. mean the expected thing, like I said previously, was that he would start his own uh, cable news network or online TV show or or something because he's really more a media figure than a political figure to begin with. Um, the the this week has made that somewhat harder, but so maybe he can't take over, you know, OAN News at this point, but he could still start take over the Blaze or something. Breitbart TV um and yeah I mean he could I assume he's, he could he'll be calling in to Fox and to the friendly friends at Fox and Friends as Colbert used to say uh you know on Friday mornings like he did before he was president and um and that will probably continue and I but I do wonder if if like this was the breaking the spell emperor has no clothes sort of moment and like he's gonna lose some amount of power once he's no longer president and then it's like, oh, now like 85 to 90 percent of the population disapproves of what happened. The stat I saw from a quick poll was 8 percent approval of the storming of the Capitol, 88 percent disapproval. So that's mm. that's pretty bad. That's like Nambla sort of, you know, ratings. <laughs> and um, so so he shot he shot himself in the foot with this bullshit. And um, but, you know, I, I mean, things um, things happen quickly and. You know, I'm sure Biden's going to make plenty of mistakes, and and Trump will be there to offer a quip or something. Um, I mean, I, I actually do think he probably will be prosecuted in, in New York State, and there's a good chance that he actually does go to prison. Um, and I think that would be an appropriate end uh, in the Al Capone, you know, sort of they got a, got him first taxes uh, sort of thing. And I mean, he is. I mean, he's very energetic, but he is an old man. I think he's 74, um, and I think both his parents lived for you know past 90 or something but um he's not always gonna be with us <laughs> yeah well didn't his dad in, in have, have alzheimer's towards the end yes um, and, and there there was a reported story that speculation that the dad um kept on going to the you know putting on the suit and going to the office every day and they would give him blank papers to shuffle and sign um so you can imagine something like that happening it's sort of like a truman show kind of thing you can imagine happening where like Trump is kept busy by his <laughs> close associates and aides seeming to be doing something, but really he's not doing much. You can you imagine something like that also. Um, so oh, man. I think we may have reached the end of our, <laughs> the end of our time. It's almost, it's almost <laughs> midnight here um, on the East coast <laughs> on uh, Friday, January 8th, the, the, the day that will live in infamy, the day that um, uh, Ben Garrison and Donald J. Trump were both kicked off Twitter. Um, 
so uh, do you have anything <laughs> any closing uh, closing thoughts before we wrap it up uh no i i'll uh no it's it's been it's it's been a wild ride well we'll see what more is to come i uh i uh oh i did not no oh, what was i gonna say I did not realize. Did you know that in nineteen in the nineteen fifties, some Puerto Rican nationalists stormed the Capitol I, building? I was vaguely and aware shot of that. Yes, I was About vaguely some. aware that that happened. Um, uh, and yeah, anyway. yeah, the the Puerto Rican nationalist movement is one that has kind of largely been forgotten. Um, I was reading a book <clears throat> that's a history of Belle, Bellevue Hospital, um, and there was a uh, a guy who was the like master bomb maker for the Puerto Rican nationalists, and he um, accidentally blew off all of his fingers, and so you know, and like blew up his apartment, and so he was arrested, and they took him to Bellevue because they thought it was insane, and um, somehow, despite not having any fingers, he like escaped from a third floor, um, his you know room in the mental hospital part of Bellevue with some you know, people were helping him from the outside and he like shimmied down ropes or something and, uh, and fled and eventually ended up in Cuba. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so there's all sorts of crazy shit that happened that happened with Puerto Rican nationalism. This is like in the seventies, this happened, um, that, uh, that, that has been forgotten. But yeah, I mean, this is, I guess, okay, here's the last question as, as you as the historian, what, what is there a historical parallel to this event in America or somewhere else? I mean, the British sacked Washington and burned, the White House and the Capitol in the War of 1812. Yeah. That's yeah, and Dolly, Dolly Madison famously escaped with Washington's portrait. Right. Uh, um, yeah, there's that. I mean, it does remind me of some things like uh, in the 1870s um, when sort of the White League, kind of this sort of a clan-like paramilitary group, uh, stormed the Louisiana state capitol you know, because it was a uh, a Reconstruction Republican state government, uh, I think even a black l- lieutenant governor, um, and they were able to hold it hostage for several days until the, uh, uh, the, the U.S. Army chased them out. I think it was the U.S. Army. Um, so, so that strikes me as more similar, though, yeah, with, it has a sort of postmodern tinge to it that doesn't really have uh, a precedent. Um, yeah, no, it's not, not everything has precedent, uh, precedent and <laughs> history does not always repeat itself. New things can happen. So <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I am shifting my attention once, you know, Biden will be president and we can shift our attention to, you know, UFO news or whatever it is. We do, we do not have to be talking about Trump all the time, so we're looking. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and um, I've I've been saying that too. That you know, I think a lot of the people who were really energized on both sides of this, both MAGA, QAnon, resi- you know, re- hashtag resistance, like they're going to get back into the hobbies that they had, you know, in mm-hmm. 2014, and 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 the temperature will be lowered, and people will pay less attention to politics, and the New York Times and Washington Post, like you know, the the traffic numbers are going to go down and, and and hopefully American life will get somewhat more boring for some length of time. I feel like we need sort of a, a resting time and sleepy Joe, um, 
you know, is, was, is the person to do that. Of course, there's all sorts of problems that he needs to deal with. And I don't have a ton of confidence that he's going to be able to deal with them super well. Uh, but I guess, I guess we have to see. Okay. Let's, um, yeah, let's, let's end it there. So, so Bill, thanks for doing this on short notice. Uh, so late, yeah. at, so late at night. And, um, so you're on Twitter. Um, uh, what is your, uh, what's your Twitter handle? William R. Black is my Twitter feed. So you, can you haven't been there. banned. As of this recording, you have not been banned. But, no, you know, they're really, I, I mean, I saw one, one person, this is just a regular person, posted the first they came for the trade unionist poem, you know, about the Holocaust, talking about, you know, some, you know, Trump being banned or whatever. So who knows? This could spiral out of control and we'll all be banned. Forever. Next they may come. I, I don't think they will, but, yeah, don't count it out um thank you so thanks thanks bill and thanks to all of our viewers and listeners and uh we'll see you again next time